0: You know where you are! This is Appetite for Distortion.
1: To the podcast, Appetite for Distortion. My name is Brando, episode number 419. Uh, we're going to do a couple of fan reviews today, combine them, as we invite, before I go into my whole spiel, uh, we, it's going to meet, because we, we're closer in proximity, but we're still far apart. You're a New Yorker, but not really, Paul. <laughs> Paul, uh, Wetworstern? How do I, I should have asked before,
2: I'm sorry. That's all good. It's worse than – and yeah, from your perspective, because my wife grew up down there, I'm Canadian to him, Ryan, because I'm north of Westchester. So I'm really upstate.
1: Yeah, I I love it because sometimes if you tell somebody who's not from New York, oh, you're from New York, and they think automatically the city. No, New York is so vast – Going out to Long Island and then upstates, almost like another country, but not quite. Let's go to another country, Canada, with uh, Ryan. Ah, God, why don't I not ask your last name before this? You can screw up my. Uh, Brandon Weisler. You can say Weisler or whatever if you want.
3: Uh, That's fine. It's fine. It, tr- give it a try. It's not as scary as you think. Give it a try. Rebalkan? R- Close. Cool. Yeah, Rebalkan. Re-Balkan. Yes, Rebalkan. Yeah, there you go. That's it. Rebalkan. Yeah, it's a pleasure to uh, be on the show. Thank you for. When you put the invite out on your socials, I was like, yeah, I'll talk about it. I didn't know you were actually, like, when I said that, I didn't realize you were actually having on your show, which I was very thrilled by. Uh, But, yeah, I'm excited to to do this with you today, Brando.
1: Awesome. And we're going to talk about your podcast later on. Everyone and their mother has a podcast, but yours is a little different, just like mine. Uh, So, yes, I put out invites, and I've been doing it for these past few, since the— I don't think right away since the reunion, but definitely the last several years, probably since the pandemic, uh, I've been doing reviews with you, the Guns N' Roses listener, the Appetite for Distortion listener, all over the world. And it's been really cool to not just get people from New York or Canada, the only other country I've been to, but I've never been across the pond, so I've been... I've spoken to people uh, in different countries uh, across the way where English is not their first language mm-hmm. uh, to, to do this. So I'm excited to keep doing it. But as I told you both off the air, I, I got daddy brain, man. I mean, I'm glad Baby Brownstone's sleeping in the other room. And it's every one of the listeners who have a kid, they're like, enjoy this mo- this time. It goes by quick. Yeah. and. What you said is right. Just lack of sleep, all that. It's the greatest thing ever, all that. So whenever I get a moment when I'm not interviewing, let's just say, Aaron North from Nine Inch Nails, uh, ex-Nine Inch Nails last episode, it's been harder to schedule as many fans reviews as I would like to do. But I got to be a man of my word. And the the fact that not just you, Ryan, and Paul have been eager. uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't give some other shout outs to people who wanted to, to do it, but just couldn't for scheduling or my scheduling uh Lori, who also went to uh paul went to the same show that you did she went to uh, saratoga and uh benny fella who went to the same show as you did ryan uh toronto i want to say thank you to to both of them and uh one more time i gotta say thank you to to adam uh kale uh, for not just recommending the last guest and set, setting that up with aaron north which was a great conversation Oh, uh, and thanks to Metal Head Zone for already picking up the interview and reporting about it. Uh, he went to the uh, the Fenway show, I believe. And he just hasn't been – just not scheduling. But I just want to make sure I give shout-outs to the people. Oh, and Larry. Larry went to Nashville. See, this is a lot of people that – Oh yeah. Are, so awesome. I, I want to be able to, to do this. So this is not just Paul and Ryan here. This is all of you in spirit. So anyway, uh, I, as I'm always transparent – Paul's <laughs> even though we made it this episode happened, you gotta run in a little bit. So we're gonna talk about your show first, and then we'll talk about Toronto. But this is how all these reviews go. We're just three friends hanging out about talking about Guns N' Roses. Cut me off, cut each other off. If you disagree, if you agree, this is just us talking and talking about your favorites. The the highlights and probably not not really lowlights of these shows that's what i'm getting from these reviews there are no lowlights you may have your opinion on things but they're not bad shows so let's go to uh like i said paul you first uh spack as the cool kids call it upstate new york saratoga performing arts center and i've always wanted to go there i mean it's not that far of a drive from from queens like i could do it Uh, Maybe, yeah,
2: you definitely could. I I actually met a couple from Staten Island who started out at 11 o'clock, didn't have tickets got him on
1: the way up so oh Staten Island even just getting out of Staten Island is like <laughs> it's so <laughs> ours uh, only us New Yorkers can laugh at that sorry Ryan I can't no
3: I I, I can well I I understand the words <laughs> I understand the words
1: <laughs> fair enough well well played well well we have well,
3: played, we have places like that in Canada uh, I actually lived on an island called Vancouver Island so any c- Canadian listener especially for British Columbia will, will know that it could be a pain in the butt to get off an island I understand So that's, and where in uh, Canada are you by the way well i'm in ottawa right now i'm in the military and this is where my posting is right now but I've, i i've only been here for two months and mm. uh yeah so that's where i am right now but i home is pretty much victoria british columbia that's been my born and raised there and i worked my military career there but i'm just in ottawa now for the next few years yeah. wow awesome I, I will say i've spent
1: most of my canadian time in ottawa there you go i dated a girl from Barhaven. Okay. A- and yeah, we nice. bonded. I've told this story, but I guess I've never told it to somebody from Ottawa. We back in the day when they had live journal, and you would do these online diary entries before there were all oh these other social my. media talking about your life, and that's how you met people sometimes. Yeah. So I had Axl Rose and Guns N' Roses in my interests, and this is before the podcast. And this girl found me, and we became <laughs> webcam pals. It wasn't like that, but. Uh, we, we, we kind of dated for a little bit Canadian girls they're crazy but they're good where is looking.
3: she now she worked in porno and now she's uh, underground or yeah.
1: <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> she uh, I, she befriended me on Facebook a few years ago maybe when she saw oh. that I got married and she <laughs> that might have been the, the this isn't we're not gonna be friends anymore anyway sorry Paul um, no
2: that's all good Ryan that was well played I, I appreciate the lyrical oh, reference.
1: Yeah, so you can tell you're in a podcaster quick. Uh, <laughs> so, Paul, where are you in relation to Saratoga Springs? Do you uh, often go to this venue?
2: I do, yeah. I'm right outside of it. I grew up about a half hour away from it. So, it's really where I've seen the bulk of my shows. Oh, um, cool. Unfortunately, I missed the gang when they were here. They opened for Aerosmith, actually, in the late 80s. Um, yeah. I think Appetite was only about a year old. Yeah. But I didn't make it to that show. So How old were you This like was my you? first time seeing them in my home venue, which I, oh. I can't thank them enough for coming. I got to be honest. It's, for them, it's an extraordinarily small place.
3: I was going to ask um, you, what's the size? What's the crowd capacity?
2: Yeah, maximum capacity is just over 30,000, actually. There's only 5,200 in the amphitheater inside. So a lot of folks on the lawn watching the screens. I mean, the acoustics are awesome. It, it's a well Distributed amphitheater it projects Oh it's really outdoors. Well. It's outdoors. Yep. Oh yep. I
3: see. So the amphitheater has like five thousand but then everyone else is on the lawn type thing. Is that correct.
2: Yep. Yeah, okay. you got it. And you know, it's a pitch lawn so people can fall down when they've have drank enough and uh <laughs> mm. <laughs> but ideally you all see the stage and hear you know, hear the show. So and uh yeah, Axel actually came out. I don't know if you guys have read about it at all. It was on um twitter I, I still refuse to call it x but you know what i mean yeah. uh <laughs> that he wasn't feeling well mm-hmm. i guess actually he was thrown up for mm-hmm. two or three days prior to the show so
3: was that where yeah. he mentioned his voice wasn't as good as he wanted that he was that was that the show
2: that is the show yeah and you know i gotta be honest i saw him in uh 2021 down at, um, I guess it's MetLife. I always want to call it Giants Stadium. Me too. And uh, I I thought he was sharper at this show, even though he was apologizing, which just shows how much he cares about each show and about, you know, only 30,000 fans. Again, that's a tiny crowd for him. So uh, I was impressed with that. I was was psyched he made that statement. I was not disappointed. They did 27 cuts. Um, You know, there were a couple. You could tell he was under the weather. Uh, once he made the statement And then did the song You're like Yeah, okay But really? I-, I could count them on one hand Out of the 27
0: hmm.
2: um, I like this show more than 2021 Because the band had filled out more You know, in 2021 I don't think they had uh, Melissa with them
3: I'm not sure Dizzy was they with them They, they were the, I'm 90% sure They've had Melissa for since the reunion. Yeah, started, and Dizzy. Oh, really? She the, was there. Yeah, and okay. Dizzy's
2: All been right.
1: there since uh, the Illusions, so he's always yeah. been there. Oh
2: yeah, no, I knew that, but for some reason, I I didn't remember the band as as full of sound.
3: Okay, interesting. Um, no, yeah, um, uh, can I comment on Melissa real quick? Just for just yeah, so please forget. do. So the people behind me, you get this at concerts. I've been to. A lot of different shows for different bands, and sometimes you get people around you that are great. Sometimes you get people that don't stop talking. Even at a concert, it's like, can you just watch the show? Like, this is a concert; <laughs> right. you paid a lot of money to watch this act. Anyways, so people behind me, even with the music, and I could still hear them talk about certain things. And when Axel was introducing the band near the end of the show, the person goes, "I don't know who that is." About Melissa, and I'm like, "Oh, Fairweather fan behind me." <laughs> and you could tell they were Fairweather fans because I, I think they were criticizing Axel throughout the show. I wasn't really listening to the words but the way their tone was and then but when they introduced melissa i'm like okay you you're a fair fan the fact that you don't know who that like to say i don't know who that is like okay so which is fine that they're there don't get me wrong maybe they'll become new fans again or reinvent or reinvigorate their fandom That i'd never begrudge people going for whatever their reason but i just i don't know i'm a bit of a snob i guess i don't know I'm the deep cut guy. Play the play the deep cuts. Uh, well, that probably.
1: being said, then, and I'll ask the same thing to you, Ryan, because I talk about this the the fair weather fan or the average fan, maybe. Right. Because we're <laughs> us being here right now, we're not the average fan. No, so I, we I know. we know Melissa Reese. We know uh, you know perhaps you, you guys are, got to experience. I can't wait to talk to you both about that. But for the majority. They go crazy when "Sweet Child" of mind is being played. Still, yeah. so yeah. I don't, I'm just curious if that was your experience, and also, Paul, like the the demographics of the crowd, like what what kind of people did you see there?
2: Sure, yeah, it, it ran the gamut. Um, you know, which I am middle aged, and I was middle aged at the show, so you know, it worked out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, there were folks there. So the one couple I mentioned I was talking to, they had also gone to Chicago, and uh, I mentioned missing guns when they were here in 89 and she told me she wasn't born yet so I was like okay uh, that's good good for you <laughs> uh, but then there were some older guys hanging out some older gals it, it was cool to see and some folks bringing their kids to their first show
3: so uh, how, how little kids cuz I'm I understand. me. I brought my uh, my 11 year old son it's a huge awesome. GNR fan like nice legit uh, he knew every song uh, I'll be quick with this. He became a fan because he was watching Jumanji I think one or two years ago. Welcome to Jungle came on on his own. Now, maybe I'm a bad father. I'm one of those dads I don't really push my music or anything on my kids. I kind of want them to discover their own oh, music. Push, I'm
1: pushing Guns N' Roses on No,
3: it, that's right? fine. I, I, don't, <laughs> like, I don't not like I played in the car and stuff and all that sure. good stuff but I just like I just kind of let them discover their own music. Mm. So he just he was watching Jumanji, and he was also ten. Or, or I guess at the time, nine and a half, ten. So I wouldn't really, you know, there's some language and stuff in GNR. I'm still old-fashioned a little bit, but anyway. So. Uh so he found Welcome to the Jungle on YouTube and because he Googled, like, what is the song? He loved the song in the movie. And he became a fan since he has listened to Appetite Destruction. I don't know how many times. He, when perhaps got released, he listened to it 50 times before the concert, like in two days. He wouldn't stop listening to it. So, wow. like, he is a fan. He just loves Guns N' Roses. So I'll, I'll talk more about that. But, yeah, kids, uh, my, it was my son's first time. And then my 6 year old came with me, too. And it was actually his second time. So
1: yeah. Oh, I love that. And I'm glad you brought that up, too, because, Paul, do you have uh, kids?
2: Yeah, I have a 16-year-old. He likes Welcome to the Jungle for the same reason. But
3: uh Jumanji. He'd, he'd fall in the fair
2: weather category. 100. Oh, that's fair.
3: That's fine. So. That's, that's, is the, they, yeah, that's the thing. When they become naturally, when they're when they're a fan. Even my six-year-old is actually again. Just he's a casual fan. He just came to hang out with his dad and his brother. But the 11-year-old was legit. Like Christmas morning, he couldn't wait. He didn't want the show to end. He did. He that's was, awesome. Yeah, did you did see not any
1: any babies though? Because. um I, I posted this on on Twitter, Ryan. I don't know if you you saw and Paul that. I don't think I saw that one. I see most of your tweets. My I follow you there. My wife just this past weekend, as we talk about our GNR obsession, she saw Dave Matthews for her sixty first, sixty second, sixty third time, whatever, at the Seattle right. Gorge, and the option was either leave Baby Brownstone, which again, not his real name. His real name is Harrison Rex. It's a fun. People really think that like you really name him. Yeah, I named him after heroin or a house. <laughs> no, I, I I didn't want to name him Axel. That would have been too crazy. You no, know, but I named him uh, <laughs> I named him Shackler. That's his name. That's uh, awesome. So I was either, either going to leave me uh, him with me for a week, which was just too much with work, or take uh, him with her. And she was going with a friend. Her sister was there also, to, could watch him. And the second night. Uh, he was being good. Sister got a, a lawn seat because I guess it was kind of similar to uh, Paul to kind of where they were a, a big lawn in addition to the seats. Yep. He had the big headphones on. My wife's like, how is he being, you know, back there? Oh, he's great. He's just looking around, being happy. OK, bring him up here. So his first con- he, he was great. He fell asleep. He got a little fussy. Yeah. Got a bottle. So his first concert. Was Dave Matthews? Damn it! I could have brought him to Guns N' Roses last month. Nah. That's what my wife said. She's like, I, we totally would have been fine at GNR. But so GNR, they better keep touring, okay? So as we're, we're a, talking about shows,
3: that's a that's a discussion point there. Because I, I love I the actually, fact that
1: you went with kids, with your kids. I hope to experience that one day.
3: Yeah, yeah. We're getting to the point though, Brando, where not the. About the doubt, I, I don't know. I yeah, well, I, well, I don't want to take away well, from Paul's time here. Not, I have thoughts about that.
1: Yeah, well, we'll, we'll cross that bridge if and yeah. when it, it happens. So, uh, uh, Paul, well, who did you go up. with?
2: I just want to point out a couple of great tunes, and then Brian, I'm all for you know jumping into that dialogue. Uh, well, I'm still like you know doing this for Christmas time new album.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what, what year? What year? Christmas time?
2: Right. Yeah.
1: You know, I made a yeah. r- remark also one uh, on Twitter. Because um, I think did I say that I posted the photo of my son with the headphones on Twitter? That that's what I meant before. But I made okay. a remark how the Rolling Stones announced an- announced a new album, uh, Nirvana is putting out unreleased tracks. I don't-, I don't know if they're songs or live stuff. News, sorry, uh, but it's more <laughs> stuff. And then I'm like, we got perhaps in a video. That's that's
3: cool. I was saw. I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I hope more stuff. If you're a fan, that's fine. I don't mean to. I just for me They do nothing They're nothing to me They're so Okay (laughs) I understand I understand their place In pop culture I get it I understand it Like I Like I was there When it was big I was there You know When I was smelling Teen Spirit I was there Mm -hmm. Uh, I just You go back and listen To Nevermind If you go back And objectively listen to it I challenge you To really say This is something You would let's do Over and over I don't know It's you go back to listen to appetite that's a whole that's what i mean you we'll have to do to appetite, and then you listen to nevermind nevermind sounds like the same song minus polly wants a cracker <laughs> what anyway,
1: we'll, we'll have to do a uh, a, a gnr nirvana episode because we've done gnr metallica episodes so we, I, you're just getting me thinking because there was okay. a whole it's a whole can of worms
2: Oh, but, i
3: know and the,
1: but
2: that i'll tell you what I, i'd love to see it i'm staying out of the argument but i'd love to see a nevermind appetite face off I, just I talk
1: about cool. the relationship between Kirk and, yeah. uh, and yeah. Axel and there's, yeah. there's so much there but that kind of circles back to you uh, Paul and your, your experience at, at SPAC because uh, yeah. the the guy who I've, d- I've d- talked about Metallica with uh, yep. Brandon also but he does a Metallica cast and he posted mm-hmm. um, about the SPAC show saying that I, I don't know if it was, his brother went and he would rather have had GNR cancel than have a, a a less than performance. Where I disagreed with that, saying, "Well, if you cancel, there are a lot of people. Yeah, Paul, you live close by, but there are people like you no, said people that, yeah. travel, no. uh, make plans. They may not get that other date. You better so give I,
3: a lot of notice.
1: A little, yeah. It's kind of a lose lose yeah. situation. But it sounds like you weren't even dissatisfied with that. So no."
2: not at all in fact there was a moment uh you know you mentioned being there with your son and you're just so happy there was a moment i'm listening to civil war beverage in hand just like i'm so happy right now this is the coolest thing that's happened and in months um i'm glad the show was when it was my son's about to turn 16 that's going to be another awesome moment Mm -hmm. hopefully he keeps on keeps me on the road but uh um but yeah it, it just i thought it was a phenomenal show i really did i really thought the sound was excellent um, I thought the selection of songs was great. I still find it hilarious that when absurd comes on, half the crowd looks around. And, uh, uh, right? <laughs> I think did you post about that, Brando? I, I know somebody in the JNR. Uh, I, I
1: I did. Oh, why didn't I? I post. It was funny. I forgot. I post a lot of funny stuff, but yeah. Yeah, but it, it's true that. People have no idea what no. that is, and there's still right. those of us who love the song who are like, "What is this?" Still, but uh, <laughs> more of just it, it's. I think that's what adds to their enjoyment in Axel's performance, because they're oh, yeah. they're all gonna they all know "Sweet Child" those first few chords, yep. but it's like, what the right. fuck is this? This is it, it's so exactly. it's so funny, yeah. and that's so Guns and Roses too, because they always have these little inside jokes. And, yep. I, and I think maybe, I, I wonder if the whole releasing of Absurd is an inside joke to Axl and the band. Because just for that to be the first song.
3: I just I want mean, to say, what, oh, go
2: ahead, please, Paul. No, I just wanted to say, while he was singing that song, kind of had a little green in his eye. It was actually, I think, the turning point of the show where you felt like, he's feeling better. He's getting his jam back. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was amusing to me because of where I was sitting. I was on a, a balcony which had a slight overhang i was looking down and had a phenomenal view of uh if you're looking at the stage's right side which is where slash hung out most of the show right and axel came over to slash while singing the main refrain of absurd and just the giving the crowd a look of like yeah this is fun
3: (laughs) so sorry ryan would you no that's great that's a great uh view and uh, insight on that we were too far back to see that kind of view uh my show but uh yeah i i just want to give a shout out to absurd I, when it first came out i admit i was like oh wow this is different which is you know whatever i've listened to a lot of new music that's different i'm always excited by different but i just want to give a shout out to absurd live is amazing like it it is a it's a killer song like it's a song that grows i really want to challenge people who are listening to this podcast who might be on the fence about absurd you need to listen to it more don't do it one time listen axel there's definitely um focusing on the lower register he because he can sing that song live no problem it's that's why they're doing it live and i, I just think it's a great and the band's enjoying it because it's a new song something different and right. yeah it shows on stage they, they they love it they love playing it and i think it's a great song and i think it's absurd that other people don't think so so it's uh, a. <laughs> It's a killer song live. I, 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 fa- I have fallen in love with that song recently, in recent months, getting ready for this show, kind of like, because I know g so much, I don't even listen to it anymore, I don't have to. I know, it, it's like in my head, I could, every note of every album is in my head, but the new songs, I should say. And then lastly, with the new songs, I asked my son, like when we we're going to the show, I got the tickets, I said, hey, what what songs are you looking forward to them playing? Of course, he's only been a fan for whatever, a year and a half, which is, you know, a very, very short amount of time in our old life, but in his life, you know, last two years or whatever. But um, so to him, all the songs are quote unquote new or new to him, even though he recognizes that things are older. Uh, but he says my favorite songs are absurd hard school and Shadow of your love i i kid you not he said those three songs it was just kind of cool to see <laughs> a young mind listening to the music for the first time just saying those are his favorite songs he mentioned absurd was his favorite then shout of your love and uh hard school and yeah so when the, when hard school and absurd played he was he was probably the most excited in the crowd he was probably one of the most excited people to hear that
1: man oh man. i love that Maybe it's appropriate that I'm, I'm wearing the kid's shirt today. I survived Guns N' Roses. I, I won't stand up because it has a midrip. It's still – I had to buy oh. it. I didn't have a kid at the time. He's,
2: that's awesome. Uh,
1: that's funny. Uh, the we ask, though, speak, staying on the topic of, of kids and absurd and why it's um, – and that's just the sound of it that makes you go, hmm. It's the lyrical content. But uh, sure. So as, of, as a father, were you like earmuffs?
3: or no you know. because it's it's funny i mean he's, he's gonna be 12 in december and i would be a hypocrite i was listening to uh, uh appetite when i was uh, 11 so um it was a new album i got in fact it was a gift from my friend who went to the states i'll never forget it. he went to the states with his family for vacation to california came up and he knew he was a hair metal guy he's a really good friend owen shout out to owen and uh, he brought home a gift for me i don't know why it's weird he bought me appetite for destruction on tape and it was now i'm from canada but for me it was unique because the tape cassettes from the states were clear so it was a clear cassette tape i thought it was really cool that the the casing was clear with the with the ribbon you could see the ribbon spin and uh and i i just uh I remember when I first heard Sweet Child of Mine on the radio, before I got the tape, I was like, oh, this guy's voice is horrible, but I really like the guitar. And that was my first thought as a kid. I just remember being a kid thinking, what is this guy's voice? You know, not understanding voice work or, you know, again, thinking as a child. But I got the tape, and yeah, that's all she wrote. I listened to that nonstop. You know, all the, all the uh, songs that weren't singles is really what you gravitate towards for as a, as a true fan. Um, yeah. So anyways, that's, what, that's the origin story of how I started listening to them.
2: I got I to gotta tell mine because it's somewhat similar. I also was 11, but I was 11 when Appetite came out. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm showing my age a lot on that one. And uh buddy of mine did the same thing. I'm listening to the like, news. I mean, I'm not <laughs> listening to very rockin' music at all. And uh, he's like, this tape's going to change your life. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And sure enough, I'm on a Guns N' Roses podcast. <laughs> 40 years later, I still love them. That, that did change my life. It was fantastic. So... I'm, I'm with you. I, you know, and the reality is, the public school, God bless it, it teaches kids all kinds of words anyway. That sure, uh, it's you know It just <laughs> yeah, kind of happens.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess said in the, uh, in the form of singing along to a song, and uh, I mean, if Cardi B and uh, Megan right. whatever, they can do WAP. You know, what? It's just like, and that's like a kid, Isn't there like a kids' bop version of that? Oh, yeah. probably. Uh, oh, Jesus wow
2: yeah i am i try not to record. listen to that if i can avoid it
3: <laughs> but i would, so yeah I would, I would be kind of a hypocrite because i remember being a kid and just loving kind of loving the cursing in the sense of i love the the anger you know when when we uh when the it's so easy comes on and he yells out that explicitive in the middle of the song. Sorry, Brando I don't want to curse on your show. Um, I already did, I, so it's fine. Oh, that's right, you did. Yeah, okay. But anyway, so uh, <laughs> and when that happened in the concert, they opened with that. Of course, that's their opener. And I turned to my son, and he just—he loved this when Axel yells that up you know, and then my son and I looked at each other. So it was just like he knows that that's cursing. That's what kind of what adults do or that's what bad words are. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't curse. I mean, every kid curses, but not around their parents, right? But um, it, it's just it's just fun to, to see that, you know, he, to understand that kind of adultness in this song. And I, I did as a kid. I, that's what made it dangerous. You know, you when you listen to it when you're younger, it was, it was kind of dangerous to listen to Guns Roses when you were a kid. And that's fun. It's kind of fun to, to listen to dangerous music. And I, I, I'm glad he gets to listen to it. So, yeah, it doesn't bother me.
1: Yeah, no, right on. Uh, Paul, so, uh, again.
3: yeah, yeah. I, I just want to highlight a couple of tunes that yeah, I didn't I was, hear uh, in 2021. Oh,
2: yeah. uh, it's back. Uh, pretty Tied Up came up. One of my favorites. I was stoked right. that they did that live. Breakfast Life. Got to enjoy it. Um, they did do Hard School. They had that one in there. They had, uh, perhaps it was early on in the show he was warming up but uh you know, it was great that they busted it out and uh mm-hmm. i already said civil war love that time i mean they played almost every show but just phenomenal and, and slash was on point as he always is it was interesting to me uh they let richard do a little more soloing on uh, knocking on heaven's door and uh yep. there was another one might have been Oh, Ryan, do you remember I remember there were two. He he busted out more solo work.
3: Yeah, it was it uh, was not going to Heaven's Door and Rock a Queen. Okay. But mm. well, that, that was uh, cool.
2: I, I mean, he killed it. I was impressed. Yes. You know, well, and no intimidation good. to solo with slash, which I was intimidated sitting, you know, however many rows back from slash. So good for him.
3: <laughs> well, people sleep I and mean, look, I I'm, I I'm, I know you've talked about this a million times on a, on a GNR podcast, but people Look, we all love Izzy. He, he was my favorite member. Uh, I I'm, I might be the same age as you, Paul. I was born in '75, so I was. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, we are similar ages. Just... Yeah. So I was raised. I was raised on GNR in the sense of like, I, and I was an Izzy, the same way. If you are a Beatles fan, you're like you know, is it is it Harrison George Harrison or or uh, sorry like or uh, well Paul George or. Uh, John like which one were you and I was I was the Izzy that's the George Harrison that he's that's mm-hmm. what he reminded me of the quiet member but really the musical backbone to the band that nobody talks about because everybody talks about Paul and John and, if, and I felt the same way about Guns N' Roses with uh, Izzy I felt that everybody talks about Axl and Slash and I had this real soft spot for Izzy the quiet guy in the background playing the rhythm but writing these killer lyrics and and music he was the backbone and we all know that about Izzy and I think it's why he's so loved and uh, poor Richard has those shoes to fill. Uh, and it's not his fault that Izzy is loved. It's not Richard's fault. And once you kind of let go of the because I think he got a lot of flack, you know, maybe thinking he's a uh, Izzy lookalike or whatever it might be. Um, but he is a, a, an accomplished musician, a wicked guitarist and more than a rhythm guitarist. I always almost, almost feel bad for him in some way because when you see the solo work that he does, very technical, very good and he he can shred I mean he, even Izzy wasn't a shredder so uh it's yeah so he totally fits the band now for sure we all miss Izzy but watching him live again it's my second time seeing him live um just uh yeah i welcome to the band i i guess i've never officially said hello. <laughs> welcome to the band richard after all these years but uh we love izzy but that's a whole different story
1: and uh, let me just say because it just came out uh richard did an interview with the uh with st louis today stl uh, com and he said we've got a bunch of new songs new music and we we are revisiting old songs we haven't done before So, uh, I guess there is a lot more to look forward to. So, maybe we're joking about Uh. Christmas, Paul, but maybe, I don't know, maybe uh, we'll get it for
3: Hanukkah. We don't know. That would be insane, man.
1: It's it's the fact that the, uh, yeah, it's Chinese democracy is here. That's the alarm. It's Chinese democracy 2. Sorry about
3: that. That was my, uh, no, all good. It's,
1: um, but what this is is like because there was such a, a long dead period of the band, and the fact right. that like yeah, I joke about other bands giving us more, whatever that means, the selfishness of the fan or what the fan is. Of course, they're still they're doing it. There's positive experiences. There's things to come. There's still excitement. There's still the mystery behind the band for whatever reason. Um, it gives me plenty of content to talk about. It's
3: insane, about. dude. It's insane that this band, who's essentially released. Like a double album, like with Appetite, then an EP with a few new songs, but then previously "quote unquote" live tracks, and then the double album, and then the cover album, and then twenty years later, Democracy. It's it's insane that they have the people that show up. That's that just shows you the level of fandom that like they. I won't say they don't deserve it. Part of me is like, I don't know if you guys like no other band could pull this off. The fact that that Axel can do this just shows you the power of Axel, his genius. That everyone that's a fan of Guns N' Roses understands. There's such a unique, maybe another band that could do this that could almost give you nothing for 25 years. And I had 45,000 people at my show. It's insane. Like what? Who's showing up to this nonsense? Well, it's it, the it, same
1: it, passion that brings you both uh, on here. And let me ask uh, Paul because his timers are going to go off right. in a few minutes. Uh, see what I do? I tie things in together. I like
3: it. I did like you, it.
1: Uh, did you skip? that, that was my
3: timer t- to kick Paul off? <laughs> <laughs> Come did, on, man. We
2: could uh, chat for a while longer.
1: This, this step no, uh, a couple ba- uh, steps back. Did you get a chance to see Dirty Honey? Did you go early? I now? did.
2: So, yeah, I definitely did. And uh, actually, the lead singer is from a town that's only about 45 minutes from the venue. So he was having a blast. He put a game out there. And um, I can't remember. Did I mention on or off air about what? Uh, I think it was on air where Aerosmith was at SPAC and GNR opened for him. So Dirty uh, Honey was sure to do an Aerosmith cover song as part of their set, which I thought was some sweet symmetry to uh, to the reunion. And I thought it was cool when Axel was talking at one point, he kind of looks up, he looks around, he goes, I remember this place. <laughs> and I'm like, that's awesome. <laughs> oh,
1: you that you is were cool. here
2: one time and, uh, and you remembered it. So that, that was cool.
1: Oh, that's awesome. Uh, yeah, I, I got. I want to make the trip and I'm, Probably if we didn't have the kid, I I, I may have. Because I've, right. I've done the traveling within reason uh, Baltimore and Hershey in a, a couple of years ago. But I just remember when I did radio up in D- WPDH, we would always, which is, I don't know how far uh, Poughkeepsie is from you. It's like an hour, a couple yeah, of hours.
2: Yeah. yeah, like an hour and a half probably.
1: Yeah, so I mean something to give tickets away to. I mean that's like a normal right. radio station thing to do. So I'd always hear yeah. about the beauty of of Saratoga and uh, which part yeah. of it was actually captured in the uh, very cool lithograph did you get that oh yeah
2: you guys have seen that one I'm sure
1: oh yeah do you have a show and
2: I tell I had to do it Brando, yes you, know, you got I it I had
3: to grab her It's nice very nice oh, and, beautiful. and my
2: buddies actually joked that it was like watching an old Roadrunner cartoon because as soon as they scanned my ticket there was just that puff of smoke <laughs> and I was at the merch table uh, and as it was I got 188 out of 250 so uh, it was they were going they, they were going wow. fast uh, but yeah no it was a cool look and uh, yeah so I apologize guys I got a jet shortly but one I'll drop you with this bomb of the three songs I'd be curious how you guys would, would rate them, rank them forget live just in general because I think I would I would probably favor Heartsville actually is my favorite return song uh, drop absurd behind that and then perhaps I liked but I've always been more of an appetite than a usual illusion guy and I felt like perhaps has a very use your illusion
3: vibe to it so discuss
1: well uh ryan let me ask you what's uh that's, well
3: that's fair uh, paul i think you you kind of i think hard school was the easiest one to get into right away i think when that one got dropped it was just like right away like oh this is old school hard school it's, it's even spelt incorrectly lol right you know k instead of sc uh, so like it's easy to kind of get into uh and then i, I think <laughs> I, I'm going to sound like a, a, a diplomatic here. I don't mean to be, but I, I think Absurd it surprisingly gets better with time. So I don't know what that means for the ranking. That's a song that when it first come, came out, I know there's a lot of criticism thrown thrown their way. And maybe myself included, I would never like verbalize it online because I don't do that kind of toxicity talk online. But uh, I know I just was like, oh, I'm not sure about the song. But again, I it has grown on me. So I think it's past hard school because any song that is a quick, love sometimes it dies quicker and sometimes when the song gets h- longer to get into it lasts longer and then uh, perhaps I think we're gonna be there too so I, I think I'm just gonna have to revisit perhaps so right now for me it's um, yeah absurd hard school then perhaps as far as ranking goes but uh, I mean isn't that great that we can even have this discussion about new GNR songs
1: and it, it's pretty crazy that I really uh, I can mirror your sentiments about like the everything that you said about hard school was easy to get into I enjoy it but uh, Absurd, I I liked from right away, but Mm. I've grown to like more over time. And perhaps I got to spend more time with it, but I still like it. And I will say, all three um, have got stuck in my head right away. It wasn't like, oh, that's the new song, forget about it. But to go back to, I think what you said, I forgot who said it before about. Listening to absurd uh, again and again, I would suggest that to do with anything Guns N' Roses now, because it's not a first-time listen. It's not. It's not going to. Maybe they'll do like a straight-ahead rock song like back in the day, but anything Chinese democracy sounding, you got to take a few listens to it to fully grasp what you're hearing. And I'm not trying to be a snob about it. It's just the truth, because after one time listening to it, it's just not a fair judgment of. The art that Axel has been keeping uh, tucked away for 20 years. Uh, Paul, I'll just ask this because I want to make sure I ask this to all my listeners. Uh, two things favorite Guns N' Roses song, it doesn't have to be ever if you're conflicted, it could be what you're feeling today, and also your favorite piece of Guns N' Roses memorabilia. Yeah
2: um well the second one's easy it's the lithograph i just got okay all right nice (laughs) definitely yeah that's that's an old timer and uh the first one is a lot harder yeah Um, i i I gotta go with it so easy i mean i just i love that song and and uh you know that one was one that got stuck in my head right away never needed revisiting it it just stayed. and uh I loved it. So that's what got me hooked.
1: Got me all in. Nice. And that's So I
2: will say in college, a friend of mine used to play Welcome to the Jungle every time Uh, we had to go play beer pong. So there was a little there's a little Pavlov to that. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> but hey guys it was great to uh spend the time brando if you can uh you know connect us please I, i'd love to chat with ryan more and uh i want to find out about the podcast i could i got mike envy i have no mic here so
3: uh, <laughs> <laughs> you guys will have it's to let me fine. know i you sound just fine <laughs> right. oh you oh, know you
1: sound great paul and uh, i know you're just a regular citizen but do you yeah, have you're, anything you're, yeah you're not big like us guys over no, here. I mean, that's right
2: i, I know right I, i'm hanging out with the cool kids no i mean oh my gosh it's high school school
1: all over again. God, then I I would not be here. Uh, Uh, I wouldn't
3: be the cool. I'm not a cool kid either. No, no.
1: No, I mean that as far as like, do you have anything that you would like to promote or anything? And uh, you're not like, you're not here selling a book or something. I don't know if you have like a... Yeah.
2: No, hey, I appreciate it, but uh, honestly, I'd promote you all day, Brando. I love your stuff um, and and I love listening to the podcast. Thank you, Paul. Truthfully, if I have one message from my review from Saratoga Springs, it's a sincere thank you to the band because not a big venue, uh, Axel not feeling 100%, but they came out and they delivered a hell of a show. Right, right and on. And he kept rocking, and he kept fighting through it. And I, I got to be honest, I think he finished even stronger than he started. It was great. So
1: Right on. I really appreciate you being on, Paul. And, uh, you bet, guys. Yeah, n- next time they go to SPAC, hopefully not another 30 <laughs> years, uh, you're welcome back
2: alright I appreciate it and, and nice you know beautiful. if I make my way down to MetLife I'll have to uh, try and swing by and say hi in person
1: sounds so. good sounds good and so um, we're right, gonna guys, stick around you. you got it buddy we're gonna talk to Ryan about the Toronto show and his Rocky podcast as well uh, nice yeah Do you favorite Rocky favorite Sylvester Stallone movie last thing you say before you sign out
2: oh shoot uh, you know I have a soft spot for as cheesy as it is I love Demolition Man that's every <laughs> okay. time I watch that movie I'm like that's that movie's just awesome it's right. ridiculous well, uh,
1: Great, right on. All right, you take (laughs) take care, Paul.
2: Take
1: care, bye. Uh, so yeah, he's all right. He's he's gone, he's a very cool guy. That was a lot of fun. That was
3: great. That was great. Uh, for for an amateur on the mic, no, no, he was great. Uh, I I loved hearing his thoughts. I feel bad that he had to leave so quickly.
1: No, it's Um, good because it's like uh, when I do these episodes, I guess as somebody you with your podcast, uh, the worst of the best, and the Rocky series. Oh, I'm sorry, you're a professional and you gave me
3: a note. So I can get all yeah. the names correctly. Well, uh, yeah, it sounds it sounds so indulgent. I, I hate that I have th- I actually have three podcasts, but yeah.
1: Well, I mean, it's it's uh, not like every
3: week, but yeah, it's yeah.
1: It's not like it's it's podcasting. Yeah, well, I, I we, everyone and their mother has one. Sure, it is very cool. What as somebody who c- comes from radio, what people are able to do now and express mm. creatively, and you know no offense to my career if you put on just traditional radio there's a, right. there's a finite amount of things you can listen to and what people do now i mean audio is certain is serving as well as ever so yeah. there is a need and there's always a, a niche little pocket of people that you can find and that's thankfully what this turned into yeah i mean i got two podcasts although now uh, appetite for horror is taking a little bit of a backseat because of just the same reasons mm. why i started off this episode i'm just so exhausted uh, i mean i got two jobs and this but i love Absolutely. this so i don't want to stop doing this i still have to edit my uh sharknado director interview i did i did like a month ago oh, and, and, and put that up there um so to go to toronto I just want to start here because we we were talking about his lithograph, right? Are right. you uh, are you a sports guy? Yeah, hockey. Yes, uh, that's who's, about it. Okay, so we got one there. What's your uh, what's your hockey team?
3: Yeah, see, people are gonna be so confused because I'm from British Columbia. And Any Canadian listening is gonna be like, what? But there's I'm a Montreal Canadiens fan. That's my there's a whole reason why I follow that team. I won't bore your listeners, but uh, I'm a, I've been following them since I was eight years old. I've seen them win two cups in my lifetime. Well, in my like when I was uh, 11, and when I was 17, I watched them win the cup. So it's in, it's in my memory banks, you know, not just when I was a baby type thing. So I I remember those cup wins. um so That's more than some of the That's more than any Toronto fan can say right now. So suck at Toronto fans.
1: <laughs> it's more than uh, my Islander ass could say. and Last time they won a cup, it was the year I was born. Last, there you go. So there you go. They weren't last time they were like consistently good is when the Canadians beat them in 1993. Uh, and that's and when we won, and the, won cup. the cup, right? Yes. Yeah. So we 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 lost to the cup champs, I guess we could there say. There you go. Reason I bring that up is because again, I love these lithographs. What they—that's mm-hmm. part of like the tour that I love doing. Toronto's a big sports city, of course. Yeah. Sure. Well, that's part of the But uh, but again, yeah, the, the lithograph is part of like what I love talking about and 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 seeing what's upcoming for shows. Right. Um, you know, I have a couple behind me of course, shows I did not go to, Hawaii and uh, Fargo. The only one I do have that I went to is on my other wall, uh the Gangs from New York with Duff when they were at, at MSG. Oh, nice. Um, I did not want to get the one at, at uh <clears throat> excuse me, at MetLife because it was Thomas Edison themed. While well, I did get the t-shirt of that, but mm. I'm like I don't Thomas Edison. I don't really care. I'm like I, I kind of wanted something giants themed, sports themed, because sure. they, they did that in Fenway Pack in Boston, and I I like when they do that. I love the uh, the one they did at Wrigley Field uh, a few years ago. ago it was kind of like a big league uh, big league chew thing. So the Toronto one, uh, they have beasts versions of the teams. So it's like a, a hellish looking Blue Jay from. You know, an evil-looking yeah. uh, raptor. You know, yeah. Toronto Blue Jays, Toronto Raptors. Didn't they just have a three-eyed monster for fucking the Maple Leafs? They can't. They couldn't make an, a Maple Leaf a demonic. Well,
3: they, they, I would say they probably just didn't want to draw any attention to the Leafs. Why. <laughs> <laughs> why? Why ruin good artwork? Let's just all let's right, just stick to
1: <laughs> So uh, let's talk about the uh, the rest of your your show because I, I, I we did talk a little bit about it throughout. But I want to hear specifically about perhaps, and a song that I missed out on and I was hoping for, not perhaps. Which in addition to perhaps, but there was a time I believe they, okay. yeah, they, yeah. they, they that, that was,
3: was the uh, debut of this tour for the North American tour. Anyways, yeah, uh, to have that play life. So yeah, before we get to that, I'll I want to step the stage just a little bit. So again, I brought my one of my sixteen uh, year old and my eleven year old. We drove from Ottawa to Toronto, which is a five-hour drive, Mm -hmm. so it's it's not an easy drive. So we left like eleven in the morning, got to the hotel. I've never been to Toronto before. Really terrible traffic. Toronto, it's just terrible hockey team, terrible traffic. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Anyways, uh, I get so we've got our parking. We were and I I kept saying to them, naively, so you have to keep in mind. I've been listening to these guys. This is my fourth time seeing them live. I've been listening to them since eighty-seven. And of course, we know that Axel's been notoriously late. However, I know since the reunion, obviously, he's never been late because that was it's never hasn't been reported. I don't know. But I suspect when Slash and Duff came back, they probably said, Axel, we'll come back. But enough. Let's we're professionals. Slash and Duff are absolutely professional at this point in their life. Like, you know, Velvet Revolver and, and Duff just being Duff. They're like we're going to go on stage and we're going to give them a good show, but we're going to go on stage at a reasonable hour and we're going to leave it at a reasonable hour. Is that your understanding? It may not
1: have been said, like... I know what you're saying. It may have been said softer than that, given maybe how Axel is or the assumption of how he is. But I think ACDC changed him a lot, too. I think... Was he not on time before the ACDC stint? He was, but I think it was... For certain shows, like festivals, like the Coachella and that, well, I guess
3: so. Yeah, you're right. You know what? You may be right because that was what 2018 was. That when that was. It was around early at the
1: same time, but I think that really kicked in the gear. Cemented but it. It, it. Cemented yeah. it. But you're they're probably right that it's like you know we're we all 60ish. We, we can't do this anymore. Right. And this is going to be successful, and we're going to be successful. We can't uh, we can't do that.
3: So we get to the uh, we get to the venue at. In my mind, I'm like, oh, well, they're gonna play. I know they're gonna play for three hours. I thought they went on stage at nine, so I was like, oh, you know, they're probably around midnight. I remember telling my son, you know, oh, you are gonna be up till midnight. You know, are you gonna make, oh. you know, kind of teasing them And so we get to the venue at like 7:45, and we get into the long lineup for the t-shirts. And we get to our t-shirt, and they're all sold out mm-hmm. in the sizes for my son that uh, that would have fit him. So we got him a uh a long sleeve which was you know he loved it because it was a long sleeve and it cost me more but i was like whatever it's his first time so i got him the long sleeve anyway so i'm thinking i'm like during this time I'm like i haven't heard the pretenders play the opening act i'm like when are they they must have something to myself well, wait a minute they've already come and gone and then i'm like looking at my watch i'm like i think the Axel might or, or the, the guys are coming on stage sooner than later we sat down in our seat at 805 and at eight fifteen, they were on stage. I couldn't believe it. I was only in my seat for ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So if we had missed, I don't know, a light or something, or and I gave myself an hour breathing room just in case. And that hour breathing room, I'm glad I didn't make it nine o'clock. Anyway, so we saw the whole yeah. show three hours straight. Um, now at the very end, they the Axel said at the end, "We're we're going to skip the encore because we're running out of time."
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And the crowd kind of like, "Oh no, hey." But I was like, well, I knew they were ne- near the end of, of the show. But I'm like, well, I wonder why he said that. But it's funny. He said they're running out of time. And right after that, the notes of coma kicked in. So I just thought that was hilarious. I don't know, I don't know if anyone else in the crowd thought it was funny. I don't know if Axel was trying to be funny. They didn't do an encore. But he says we're running out of time. We only got a few more songs. But we're going to play our, the longest song in our catalog next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah, and they played the whole thing, no short version, and oh. he sounded amazing on Coma. Now, yes, at the end when he does that whole like long uh, diatribe of vocal work, he was struggling. Uh, this is the end of the show, and it's that high vocal range. But the low vocal range, he's killing it. And I, I wonder, what are your thoughts? Are they going to? Is the new album going to have more lower range stuff? What do you think? Is like, are they going to play? You know, are they going to record to what he can sing to live?
1: more now that's getting remains to be seen i think we're still going to get the vocal tracks that may have been recorded with sean bevan all these years ago mm. uh, and maybe some additional because that's what they said about perhaps that it was all recorded this year which obviously not the entire song was because that's been we saw
3: brain brains on drums yeah for, i mean perhaps. it's been
1: in existence the last episode i did with um with the with the 9-inch formation 9-inch nails Aaron North he's like I heard perhaps 20 years ago when he worked for an online magazine Buddyhead, like we would get these things in the mail people right. were just wanting to send it to us to review um, so he's like I, I felt like I heard that 20 years ago so it's cr- so certain things were added as far as new stuff you're probably <laughs> it's so funny to use this as an example now that I think about it it's gonna be like rock the rock Probably the Looney, mm-hmm. the Looney Tunes song where oh right. If right. you remember one of my favorite parts of the of like doing an interview like when we learned so much about Axel in the studio in addition to Sean Bevan interviews was with these former Looney Tune writers that Axel kind of records three different ways and then he marries them together yes to create that whole vocal yeah. effect. So I think the, that's gonna be that might be the approach.
3: Uh, yeah, if I had to guess. Because I noticed in this show, the first third of the show was low-range songs. Like, it was like, you know, Mr. Brownstone, Bad In It's So Easy. A lot of these lower baritone... And he was probably resting his voice, but I found the first half of the show was resting his voice because when he does the lower vocal he killed it it was sounded amazing and then that part in coma though at the end of the show when he's like no no one's gonna bother me anymore when he's doing that part it was just like it was perfect like studio quality perfect and um you could also I, man I'm all over the place here I want to talk about okay I want to talk about Axel and his mood now again I, the first time I saw Guns N' Roses was three months after the St. Louis riot it was at Tacoma Washington 1991 so this was pre-release of user illusions they were touring the like i remember this is the first time i saw a concert because i'm a huge concert goer but even by the age of 16 i would already seen about 20 different bands or shows with different bands so the fact that they were touring without releasing the albums was weird to me i remember thinking like we're gonna so i saw their show and their songs for the first time live like estranged coma what you know what uh uh, November Rain All these songs we saw live For the first Like We didn't know the songs I know We knew crazy. the Appetite song. That's crazy it I know It is crazy And Izzy was there So this was the only time I ever saw Izzy live So 1991 Tacoma Izzy was there You know the um, Do you have the GNR Of course The live era CD yeah, yeah Yeah of course The Rocket Queen you know, When uh, when Dove like What do you say uh, uh, Shine a light on these guys Or whatever uh, Turn the light Uh-oh. That was our show Oh okay I like Tacoma. Uh, Turn the lights on
1: these fuckers or something. Something like that.
3: Yeah, Turn the house lights. Turn the house lights. And the reason why he said that was, is because the Tacoma crowd was insane. They were, this was back when concerts were dangerous. When like, I mean, they still kind of are, but I know what you mean. No, we're talking. He felt, he felt a little nerve. I was only 16 as well, but still I was just like, you're, you're there. But the, like fights are breaking out in the stairs people are bum rushing the floor security just goes oh whatever you know how in the states right now you guys are like robbing stores and they're just walking out and you like, <laughs> know no one's doing anything that was like the state of concerts back when i was a teenager they would just like people would flood the uh the floor from the stand uh, from the the, the seats and the security be like i'm not stopping 100 people you know Bum rushing the floor. Sure. So so. Anyways, this was three months after the Saint Louis. So everyone's kind of tense right now because Axel, you know, has left us. You know, so don't piss off Axel. This is the old. This is the don't piss off Axel's uh, stage of their career. And uh, somebody let off a uh, uh, during. Um, oh, back to Rocking Queen. So the crowd was getting really antsy. Fights are breaking out. The crowd was on the floor. And so Duff's told the security or the uh, uh, stadium people turn the lights on. He wasn't joking. To calm the crowd down, so the, all the lights came on. The white lights came on. The, the like the show's over type lights came on to calm the crowd down to kind of give them a warning. Like, guys, you got to settle down. The band is not they they don't appreciate your energy right now. It's too much.
1: I know it might have been dangerous, but I kind of miss those because now I go to shows know, to see Guns N' Roses and it's just like everyone's just either sitting or standing
3: in place. And I know. It's, like where's the danger that you write about? There isn't any now. But yeah, uh, then I take my eleven year old. I'm okay with that. So I know, I know. I'm, a, I, I'm hypocritical. You know, but I live through it. Uh, I could tell you some some concert stories, but I won't do that now. But anyway, so then during the same show, somebody let off a, a, a cherry bomb in, on the floor. Boom. Axel stops the show, hmm. and I turn to my brother and I'm like, Oh no, that's it. They, that's it. He's leaving. So Axel goes. I kid you not, he says, he on his mic, he goes, I'm giving you guys five minutes to beat the shit out of that fucker or we're not coming out to play. And he left. He left the stage. And the house lights came on. And everyone's like, and now I'm like, yeah, I'm a pretty pacifist guy. But now I'm looking at the crowd like, somebody please kill him. <laughs> Whoever that was, can you please kill him so Axel will come back? And uh, so after about four or five minutes, Axel did come back. And I didn't really see anything on the floor of anyone actually getting physically assaulted. But it was like everyone's like mumbling. Because now everyone's thinking St. Louis. Like everyone's thinking St. Louis right now. And I guarantee you Axel's management team's like you cannot have another St. Louis right he
1: now. He would like, often, uh, from what Doug used to tell me, they often threaten a, uh, a riot if like he didn't get his way with certain things. Like you want another St. Louis in your hands? You know, uh, knowing that... I don't think he ever really, never really wanted anyone to get hurt, but that no. would that would be like in his back pocket when he would guess be manic, or
3: something. So he did come back, and he said, "Okay, guys." And this was interesting. This was the twenty eight year old you know, this is, he's twenty years old here, right? And he's like, "Okay, guys, uh, we're here to have a good time. We're here to have fun, but that's it. No more, no more fireworks, nothing. If I get a sniff of that kind of, we're, we are going to leave." And so I enjoyed the rest of the show. They did play the whole show, but boy, we're re-nervous. So everyone's on pins and needles. So you're like, yeah, every song that finished, you're like, okay, at least we got through that song, next song. <laughs> and if I remember correctly at that show in 91, they ended with Estranged. You remember a lot. I mean, 16, I barely remember. So, I mean, that's quite a, a concert memory. Well, it's when I'm a GNR fan, I mean I'm a GNR fan. Like these guys, I, I I worshipped this band when I was a teenager, and so that that's a that's a memory. Like I forget my wife's birthday, but that's a memory. that <laughs> I'm just kidding, honey. Um, they're always listening. Uh, no, but that's a memory that's forever ingrained uh, ingrained in my in my brain. That whole and Skid Row opened by the way, so Skid Row was the opening act, so it was like a double bill. I was a huge Skid Row fan. Awesome this is Slave to the Grind Skid Row. So it was, You saw, it it's like the perfect show. You really did. You, I, I, when we often
1: talk about, you know, fantasy shows or is there a concert, it's like a question that gets asked a lot. If you have a dream concert you would like to go to, and I just would love a, either a pre-Use Your Illusion show like that or during the actual tour because of the danger, because yeah. of just a, of a lot of reasons that you, you said and you experienced the opening acts. Uh, just uh, absolutely incredible. But, not quite the the same feeling in in Toronto. No, but. so th- <laughs>
3: that I was actually thinking about that. So that um, that discussion or that story that I brought up, I hope didn't bore our listeners because that ties into what I saw in Toronto. Meaning, now that I'm older, right? I'm 47 now, I'm turning 48 next month, and you know I've been a fan of this band, and I've journeyed, I've aged with Axel, and I'm okay with the happy go lucky axel that was up there he smiled mm-hmm. he he was having fun he uh but he took it very seriously there was a time during november rain at the very beginning mm-hmm. near the end of the show here as well he flubbed a line or it wasn't happy with his vocal work and he made it kind of like an angry old school angry axel face but not in the crowd but out of himself like i can do better and this is you know this is where i give him a lot of uh forgiveness for his vocals because on the hive there's some coma was a was weak as far as like high end at the end there, like as far as vocal work goes. Like, if it's objectively speaking, uh, when he tackled "The Strange," one of my favorite songs of course of all time, it, it was it was a little bit rough in some spots because "The Strange" is just a high vocal work all the way through. And but where I forgive him because one, it's live; he's sixty, he gives it all. He he does everything that his body will allow him to do, and that's. To me, that's saying something. I I hate it when these armchair singers or whoever they think they are. Oh, Axel, Mickey Mouse or whatever, the hero line. I'm like, guys, he created this music at the very, I don't know, I'm over the place. But he, he created this music that you love. And he's doing the best he can with what his muscles and his throat can do today live. And show after show. And he's not dialing it in. He's not just playing the hits. He's playing perhaps in bad obsession and pretty tied up and it's insane that he's playing what he's playing he doesn't have to they could they could go out there for 90 minutes but no they go out there for three hours it's basically two shows there's bands that play for an hour and 10 minutes and call it a night i saw the set list for the uh the aerosmith farewell
1: tour it was like 14 songs yeah if i went uh, to that show ugh, ugh. I, I, yeah, this the set list I it's, thought was like I would have been so disappointed. So I mean, GNR fans, it's like yeah, we we don't. It takes us twenty years to get music this and that, but it's it's they when they give us stuff, it's like the max. So that's yep. I, he doesn't have to do three and a half hours. He doesn't. No one told him that he needs to do that. Uh, and the he, fact that he, he does that, it's and it's not just New York City or L.A. He's doing no. that in upstate New York. He's doing that in in, uh, in Toronto, which I know is a big city, but you know what I mean. He's, he's doing that everywhere. He's treating everywhere with those smiles. He's not mailing in any show regardless no, of market, and that's important. And the set list keeps changing. It's not the same. You need to have a... A spine of music, as far as a, a backbone, like what to deviate from, or your hits. Not every band, nor should they be uh, Dave Matthews, that just has like a different set list every night. But they're not the same. They're not no, a they're, they're not a, a not hits, hits they band. They're they're a no. jam band. So you, it's yeah, that's like not f- a fa- you know right. That's not mind. a fair comparison. So for, no. but if you're going to compare to which.
3: Recently, yeah, I think Aerosmith's a, compar- uh, w- a good comparison. Here's another – well, Metallica, love but they split it up into two nights. And Yeah, each- they did a f- five-hour show in two nights. Uh, uh, Axel and the boys did a three-hour show one night. So it's, it's right. almost and the same. So you can argue, okay,
1: and- would that help his voice? But then it's like you're getting less songs. And less- so it's always damned if you do, damned if you don't. But yeah. you have the same mindset as I do is really appreciating what's in front of us because it's not always going to be there.
3: What is his obsession with Wichita lineman? I Why does Axel sing this song? Uh, I love it too. So I'm obsessed with it. He was probably I, a huge Glenn Campbell fan. I know, but I this this is selfish, Ryan. And uh, look, I just when I went pee during that, and a lot of people did. And I hate being that guy, but I, I had to go to the bathroom, and I wanted. <laughs> so I was like. Uh, I don't have any connection to uh, Jimmy Webb. So I, I don't have any connection to hey, the artist. That, that's I fine. I, I, I didn't really know Glenn Campbell either. Uh,
1: all I know is that uh, my mom would tell me about Glenn Campbell and how he was suffering from Alzheimer's like my grandma. Uh-huh. So I have great memories of of associating with that. But just the way he does the song, whereas it's we're nice. talking about it vocally, is I think maybe his best vocal performance right. throughout the show And I love the way the band sounds That it's that stripped down acoustic So it's something I don't know why it hits me the way it does Because it's not a song Because it's not a song that I, I I knew of it but I never spent time listening to it. Maybe but I have to hear the original to appreciate hear the cover. Or, well, I mean, I've heard the original when you know Glenn Campbell was on. Yeah. It's on YouTube. like Midnight Special or right. even uh, a city. I think he did like Austin City Limits uh, or something like that. Uh, but he, it's it's cool. It's I don't know. It's I I love Axel's version more, and I hope. So what my fantasy prediction is, it's going to be maybe like a lies thing where they have the songs that are already out like how they have with Uzi Suicide uh, but they're going to do with perhaps and uh, Hard School and Absurd and then they'll put in right. some maybe live tracks um, I would love to see or, or covers but I, I would love to have a recorded version of Wichita Lineman so that's that sure okay See, okay. so look at this we, we don't have to agree we agree on on Absurd and the ranking of the new songs, <laughs> but I mean, uh, and you're not the only one to say this. Uh, and
3: that's such a that's such a low hanging fruit take, and I'm usually better than this, but that's just me being honest. Like, ah, and I hate that I feel that way. You know what I mean? But well, so I like about, to enjoy life and enjoy things. But that would be that's maybe your a, opinion.
1: It's fine. I could do without uh, knocking on heaven's door and live and let yeah. die. Well, I'm, see, I'm, I couldn't even say live and let
3: die because my wife loves it because she's a huge uh, Paul McCartney fan. You know, I'm the You and I are very simpatico. Uh, if they decided, I've never enjoyed live and let die. I don't enjoy Paul's version. I don't enjoy. I, like I don't enjoy it. I skip it. I've skipped it since I was a teenager. Okay. In fact, the only time I ever listened to it is when I happen to watch them live. I think it's just like, the radio I, has killed it for me. Which
1: maybe uh, surprisingly, it hasn't done to their other hits. But it's just those two for whatever
3: no. reason. Uh, no. Unless
1: they bring back uh, Tracy and Roberta. Then I'll happily sure yeah the (laughs) best
3: performance of that ever was that tour which I got to see which I got to see I saw them again in '93 during the Bad Apples tour that's
1: just uh, amazing so it's kind of in a way trying to relive I don't know you didn't see that Skin and Bones tour right so it's like I feel like that's a throwback. So if you see those videos of... Uh,
3: oh, no, is that the oh. one I saw? Was this yeah. gonna, uh, I saw them ninety one, ninety three, 91, 93. And then uh, they had their, of course, the, the big break as a band, so to speak, for a while. Uh, What's now, that Canadian
1: town now? What is it called? It's, it's not, well, so ska- not Saskatchewan. There's another show that's... Uh,
3: Saskatoon. Saskatoon. It, but, but they had the ride in Vancouver. Samsonite. I was way off. All right. Uh, so <laughs> I was there for the, the ride in 08. I was there for okay. the 2008. So I bought tickets. My wife, my brother, and I were like, "Hey, we're going." This is the uh, Axel and the band, right? No slash, no Duff. It was Buckethead, and uh, but I was still very excited because Axel. You go. You're I, I, in my mind. I was like, oh, "That's fine. I'm going to go see an Axle Rose live." That's what you're doing, right? That's what I did. And, yeah, so you're just seeing Axel live, which I would, anyways. So it's not really an issue. Um, that being said, I. Uh, yeah so we were standing outside doors hadn't opened yet it was like 7 7 30 like me and my brother like something's going on because my brother actually worked security at concerts himself at the time and he's like something's going on here they haven't let people in i'll never forget the the security guy coming to the window uh doing this like no bueno waving his arms no bueno kind of <laughs> no good and we're like what do you mean wizard of oz no way no how yeah and uh as you know the story axel didn't make it through customs apparently or something like that that's the story but i don't know what he was probably not feeling it knowing axel he probably just had some sort of like mental health whatever but the story was his I don't know if you heard the official story, but apparently he didn't go through customs is what it was. It didn't work out. This was, was the Vancouver late. show, right? Yeah, two thousand yeah. I think it was two thousand eight Vancouver. So the ride Wait, broke. Two thousand and eight Vancouver? Was it two thousand and eight or seven or eight? I think that's what threw me off. So two thousand and two was Was the it
1: that was it that long ago? Chinese democracy wow. tour with Buckethead. And oh my they gosh, had I'm aging myself. A or couple, not aging myself. They didn't show up in Vancouver to kick off the tour. That's and, what it was. It was the opening tour day. That's yeah. Right. So that was two thousand and two. Oh my gosh, my memory. And now, and now is, well, okay, I was Was that 20 years ago? I was giving you credit before with your memory at 16. Now it's crap. Well, I told you, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> edit that out. Yeah, so <laughs> 2002. No, all good because that stopped that infamous tour and that's when I I finally got to see Axel. I was like oh, whatever with Buckethead. Sure.
3: Or as, which is great. Buckethead's a wicked guitarist. He's just it's just it's got nothing to do with him and his abilities as a guitarist, the world was introduced to Buckethead, myself included, because of Axel. My, be that's
1: how it was for me. Yeah. That was how it was for me because I wasn't so big in the Primus and all his work, and no. I, so I went back. So, right. uh, and then same thing with Brain, but yeah. Right. And then they canceled the next day uh, in Philadelphia, and that's when there was a riot there as well. Was there a so, riot as well? Yeah. So they had oh. there's a <laughs> riot and roses, man. So they they <laughs> they, they they had them. And uh, just to think about what we're talking about now, these shows going off without a hitch, him performing under the weather, him smiling. It's just, yeah, 20 years ago, 21 years ago. That's a lifetime ago, man. And uh, so, yeah, whatever Axel we get now, it, it may be the best version of him. Uh, you yeah. may not be the, the, Your most favorite version Of the band It may not be Your most favorite version Of his voice But I think this is The most The best version Of Axl Rose As a person And yes. I, that's he, probably The best thing to ask for I, I think, think he's some.
3: happy I think he's I think he's at peace With the band Himself The music and, um, that's a but, burden
1: he had to carry from, all the time. I'm Axl Rose from Guns N' Roses. Get the bed back together. We're slashed. To hear that almost yeah, every I day. I mean, Richard is still hearing where is Izzy to the point where he had to come out with his own, his own T-shirt that says, I don't know where Izzy is. I love that. I um, never saw that. Yeah, he came out with his, like, his. he has, like, a logo, and he has a shirt that says, I don't know where Izzy is. Isn't but, that, you know, they almost look
3: the same. It's funny, though. Like, he, he like... Uh, but I'm glad that he did that, and I'm glad he recognizes him. But he has to know that. I mean, Izzy is, is you know, uh, the Keith Richards or oh, I'm the, sure the, Ron, the Ronnie Wood. Like, he knows he can't – it's just it's just the way – such as Izzy. It's not what, it's, what he's Izzy doing. Axel. Like, it's, Izzy and Axel were friends, right? Like the, the, Their history is deep.
1: But it's not like what he's looking at. It. It's what fans are doing. I know. I hate and that. I, I hate think that's that what oh, it is. Yeah. And, and Richard is pretty um, – He's active online and he responds to fans, which I think is pretty cool. Oh, and by the way, uh, another person in my Wichita corner is Tommy Stinson, because Tommy was at the New Jersey show and he tweet, uh, he put up Instagram post about it and just got a kick out of seeing his old bandmates play. And he said he was really like, I want to. Actually, I wanted to see what he said because he was kind of blown away. I, I don't. I'm paraphrasing a bit by Wichita lineman. Like he couldn't believe it. Like how good they sounded. And I even um, responded, like, how good was that song? And he's like, mm. yeah, they were blown away. So uh, yeah, me and Tommy Stinson, okay. uh, pro. Oh, yeah, I'm bringing it up now. Where is it? Is it over here? I'm gonna keep delaying everything. Okay, there's his post. Uh, how do y'all? I had a hoot at Guns N' Roses and the Pretenders at MetLife Stadium. Chrissy Hind brought all the goods. Her voice yep. was unreal. Of course, Guns did their part. But what just blew my mind was what Guns was Guns doing. Wichita Lineman. That was effing incredible. Uh, and, I right. wrote, well, and, he, and I wrote, and I wrote, <laughs> how good does Axel do that song? And he goes, he nailed the
3: Wichita Lineman. I was speechless. So that was uh, Tommy Stinson. Right. So
1: someone wanted to get that out there.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, I might be the minority. It might be, I might be the minority. So no, I,
1: I don't think it. you are cuz I put that I've put that out on social media, the caption of of him and I our interaction. Okay. And there are plenty of people that sided with you. But that's yeah, the beauty I, I, of it I, all. We all have opinions No, Who I cares? know, Who
3: but cares? it's such a low it's such a low-hanging fruit take I, I shouldn't even brought it up. But I was just that was just my concert experiences were Tying this up I, I mean everything else is On par for what you expect You know from Welcome to, uh, I, I'm glad they played All these other cuts Like Bad Obsession And uh, Pretty Tied Up We talked about Double Talk of Jive Probably one of my favorite songs Izzy I mean that's Izzy's song for well, What was true. the reaction During perhaps we, we It was on. it was quiet Okay yeah, Like I said my, my son was Probably the happiest one In the crowd about it <laughs> Like he read the opening chords Right away he knew Like and there's people Oh what's this So I you know it's it's fine. Like, again, that's why they play it, because they're saying to the crowd, even if you're uh, – maybe you're an old fan coming back to the band or whatever it is. That's why I shouldn't be – there's 40,000, 45,000 people there. I'm just happy they're there because it adds to the whole ambience of the crowd to have a big crowd. So I don't want 40,000 me there, you know. It's good to have different people, but you're right about Sweet Child of Mine. When it came on, people did get out of their seats. All these – Phones girls, fell the up. The girls all got up. Oh, and yeah. Like, I'm like, uh, you know, part of me is just like, and I'm just like, I, I'm not going to say I, I'm bored, but I'm more excited listening to Double Talk and Jive and Bad Obsession and uh, pretty tied up. But like my, my level of excitement was much higher. It was probably the same level theirs was after for Sweet Child, if that makes sense. Like to me, it's like, okay, yeah, of course they're playing. This is, it's their entertainment. They have to play it. Um, I like uh, to look and, around and and, yeah, and, and, and
1: appreciate through their eyes and what they, what they're feeling, what it's like, what the
3: days were like when I was just an average yeah, GNR fan. Well, I've I've always been a hardcore fan since I got that tape, but I I think, and I wasn't doing like a, again I wasn't like thinking like oh screw them I I, I promise no. you I wasn't thinking that, but I was but I was like you I was actually looking at who it was ages the genders of people just like you know like what the, what I mean by that is like you know where they fit on that graph of humans as to who's enjoying the song the way they are and. I get it um, and I was happy that they were happy so I, I really didn't have any as I get older I don't, I don't have these teenage begrudgements that I used to have so I, I I was happy they were having fun it's just it, but I was almost surprised by the pop I was like, okay yeah I guess it is sweet child the mine I know but I, yeah but that's that's their song and um, but I love how Gnar or specifically Axel I'm sure it's him that does the set list, um, how kind of brave they are like they did coma. And I just, I just love, uh, oh, yeah, back to the guy about not knowing who Melissa was. The same guy said to them when the November rain kicked in, I kid you not, he goes, oh, this is a long song. Just uh, an,
1: an average dude that likes Welcome to the Jungle and beers. I guess. But really, you know, the beauty, though, is as different as that guy may be from us we have something in common. We're both like Welcome to the Jungle or whatever. There's always that little thing. It's like, yeah, I know. What do I have I in know. common with this person? We're both here At least you wonder seeing why they bought tickets.
3: I don't think I, I would ever buy tickets to a band that I just knew their hits. Like, it's so odd. I guess every concert I ever go to, I'm a fan. That's fine. Um, because you spend a lot of money I think I don't think I've ever spent money on a ticket where I legitimately Oh okay. Like I, I actually just saw Metallica in August as well in Montreal. Uh, this is my sixth time seeing them live and I'm a huge Metallica fan. And I I'm a fan. I'm gonna go see you guys live. If you're in my neck of the woods and I'm a fan of you as a band or an artist, I'm gonna see you. I don't think I've ever spent money on a fair weather performance. I think the probably the closest, maybe the closest I will admit, was Bon Jovi. I saw Bon Jovi. Oh, there's 2008. I saw Bon Jovi in 2008 on the Lost Highway tour, and I admit a, I know their hits, and I had a great time at the show because I know their hits because that's what they play. But, so there you go. That's probably my, my biggest okay. Fairweather fan concert was.
1: Bon Jovi. That's interesting because I've gone to plenty of concerts. I mean, GNR, and maybe back in the day, Green Day might have been like the only bands that I knew what, every what was single.
3: A- I got a question for you. Then, what was a concert that you were "quote unquote" fairweather fan of, that you left afterwards, saying, "Oh boy, they're much better than I I thought they would be"?
1: Corn. Oh. Corn. I mean, they were they were at it was Ozfest, and I knew Corn's hits, and I liked their hits, but they blew me away. Like that's and it's interesting uh, because I was thinking about that show earlier in the conversation because when um, he when he was talking about. Uh, Paul was talking about the, the venue in SPAC where it's kind of like the seating and then that incline right. uh, lawn. So right. there's something like similar in New Jersey. Uh, I think it's still called PNC Bank Art Center. So uh, that's where I saw Ozzy and Marilyn Manson and who else played that? But yeah, but I, I mainly went to see Ozzy before he died. I remember saying that. And this was back in 2004, so the fact he's still alive. Uh, but with, with corn, I remember because I, I'm not a big guy. I'm five six, a buck 40, 50, soaking wet, so I'm leaning up against the railing, where the seats are, like where the seats start, where the lawns meet the seats, I guess. So whenever anyone would fall, right. as he mentioned with the mosh, you would fall all the way down. So people, <laughs> some, was one guy fell, and. I guess oh I almost made a, a bad uh, segue because it's not a Rocky movie it's a um, it's a fucking Indiana Jones it's that ball it's that huge rock going down
3: and it was just like yeah, the, first, the first film of Raiders yeah. yeah
1: and I just felt like I was right. indeed chasing or running away from the rock and it just, awesome. it, it just hit me. This guy nailed me. It's a... Uh, yeah. But I... I, I had The wind knocked out of me. But I stayed there. And I toughed it out. I'm like, no, I'm staying for corn and Aussie. I like it. My... But it was anyway. Uh, let uh, me... Well, let me ask this. Uh, sure. As I got a question for you after. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, buddy. What's your question?
3: Oh. Well, this is... Chris, I've always had this for GNR. Again, this... Maybe I'm assuming a little bit more low points because it makes for a little bit better conversation. But... Um, Why do they do so many covers? I guess that's where the Wichita lineman um, maybe comes from. Because of the covers, it's my maybe my least favorite. But then, yeah, we're talking about Knocking on Heaven's Door and Live and Let Die. So for the concert I saw, granted, they played 29 songs, which is like almost the highest of the tour. I, I liked that with 29. And that includes Coma, Estranged, and November Rain of this show, right? So I really liked that with the set list. They played There Was A Time from Chinese Democracy, uh, Madagascar from Chinese Demo- Democracy, and of course, Chinese Democracy. So they played three from that album, great. But then, they, check this out. They played A from Appetite, goes well, the same. Then their next six covers like eight so they did live and let die tvi the stooges down on the farm which saw Line knocked lineman knocking on heaven's door and uh, slither which officially is mm. a cover but True. *Slither*, i can kind of give a pass so even five but i'm like but then you go then they only did four from you Your illusion one and then four from part two i'm like those albums are huge and you did four from each one but you gave me six covers this is where yeah i'm speaking selfishly axel like I want to hear your stuff, guys. I know. Like, I know you. I know you appreciate these bands. I know they're. But you're six years old, and I just want to hear *Locomotive Live* or *Shotgun Blues* or like, why are you, why are you giving me?
1: Well, let two and of die those again? two of those covers are their hits. So *Knocking on heaven, Heaven's Door* and Live and Let Die*, much like *Sweet know, Child of like Mine*, It there was probably yeah. a pop for them. Uh, no,
3: It's it's insane When Little and Let came on There was a pop I'm like Are you insane Why? T- Am I it's, just... their, it's
1: a hit It's a hit but for But why?
3: I, I guess look, they, I love this band They're my favorite band But I, I, I'm not one of those It was uh, a hit for
1: Paul McCartney And they covered a, a, a huge artist And they did it the GNR way um, Look they killed own... the cover Don't get me wrong But I I don't know But I'm saying like Why it's a hit I'm not trying to change your mind For sure I'm just letting you know my assumption, and because they've always, I mean, all bands to a degree, do covers, especially when they started out as Good a band. To a degree, six. But I'm I'm going back. I'm I'm stepping back. So like when you started out as a, out as a band, you started out doing you covers to, pretty sure. much. Yeah. so if you yeah. go back to the early days of Guns N' Roses, when they're doing Heartbreak you know, Hotel, Mama Kin, and- Jump, Jump Jack Flash, yeah, of course, and they're doing covers. And I think Axel and the band are fans of music in general, so I think they're paying respect to uh, what they do when I saw them walk all over you uh, from ACDC dc Yeah, I mean so they, oh, they, that would be. You know,
3: I, I wish they did that. That would be wicked because that's uh, they uh, don't do that very often.
1: And I would have. But, I, and I didn't want that because I, I saw Axel DC and I would rather have heard like another ac Oh, you
3: saw that live? You're very fortunate.
1: I'm. I am very fortunate uh, to, especially because I was like
3: six rows away. Like it was the closest I've ever been to Axel. That such I, an interesting time. What an interesting time that was because people were so divided on that. Because even the people that hated Axl. were like oh he did a pretty good job but i don't know if brian could sing the bon scott stuff the way Axel did so it's just kind of fun to watch the haters even admit that they were wrong about Axel doing the vocal duties i like, know what a, what a time what a time and i love brian johnson i love acdc i've seen them live twice or three times um and i i have no ill will towards brian but i'm not gonna lie to you when i heard that Axel was filling in i'm like what an interesting experience
1: I hope uh, people ask, you know, why don't we have a live album? Why don't we have anything? I don't know. They may not want ever, to detract from I, I Brian. I don't know why coming. they don't do that. Why don't they do that? My only guess is because there's some, I mean, there's lawyers and money we have come into uh-huh. it. But my guess, A, they never spoke about it because for whatever reason, because I think that did come up in an Angus interview. Yeah, Axel's not
3: going to bring it up. With new music.
1: But also at the same time, since they're getting back together with Brian, it could take away from that. And people could be so. uh, Again, just speculating as we do on podcasts. But let me, with that being said, before we wrap up into doing talk about your podcast, or unless you just had a point just there,
3: did you have? Well, I was gonna say. Well, I mean, remember the rumor that there was gonna be an Axel DC album. There was talk about a studio album with Axel. Do you remember that rumor? Yeah, it's it's always Uh, rumors. How close? (laughs) But do do you think it was really? A fan rumor do you think there was some truth that there was some discussion about it or do you think it was really just I think
1: up? a rumor based upon if I what I remember of Angus I don't remember who he did the interview with but how somebody asked about you know was there any possibility of continuing with Axel or working on future things I don't think it was ever discussed the, mm. the, I don't think artists think a lot like fans unless they are on the message boards and things like that they they're in their own world. And it's up to the fanatics to, you know, I know. try to that's, figure that's, that's out what about. That's our job as
3: fans. That's our job. That's what we have to do. That's what fuels the fire. God, is. I don't know what it would be
1: like getting into the mind of Sylvester Stallone, man.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so before I get into one more sure. round of Rocky series podcast, uh, the worst of the best podcast, and and it's a long road, the Rambo series podcast. Let me ask you what I asked Paul: favorite, sure. favorite Guns N' Roses song and favorite piece of memorabilia
3: well my favorite piece of memorabilia is that my an award at the show was my first concert when i saw them live in 91 is the user illusions two cover with the with the tour dates on the back nice beautiful so, yeah it's a 32 year old shirt and still fits and uh, i've never washed it I've never washed like like that's right beautiful do you wear it or is it i only wear it to when i've seen them live
1: okay all right yeah i
3: like it lucky shirt uh and do you have a favorite song or a song of the day uh, well, you- Favors, you know, this is a hot take, and please, I understand that the language in this song or some of the verbiage, and Axel's talked about it, and Slash has talked about it, but it's uh, it one in a million. Okay. Uh, axel's vocal performance at the end of that song, when he's yelling, you know, when he does that, you know, it's Axel vocal, I think one in a million is... Axel's best vocal work laid down in the studio track, bar none. I don't think he's ever topped his vocal work. It's the most raw, it's the most least overlaid. It's just him, one vocal, singing that song, nothing else to it. It's just like, and it's, uh, and I hate to admit because I know Slash didn't play on it because of the language. Uh, and so it's Izzy and Duff, and I get a kick out of that. And I just, there's something about Izzy, Axel, Duff killing that song. And um, yeah, it's, uh... Something, and I know there's some stuff in that song, however, that also just speaks to that time too. I think that's what makes it such a raw emotive experience for Axel to sing what he did at the time. I know they'll never play it live, I'll know they almost talked about never, you know, even re releasing it on new releases. Um, but that being said, yeah, what there's something about one a million Axel's raw performance on that now, less controversial. My second favorite song is Estranged, uh, when that came out. I believe, if you remember correctly, you might remember this or know this, but I was alive and well at the time when we were making this album, of course, and uh, of course read all the music, you know, Hip Parader and all those magazines that (laughs) Axel calls out for uh, in the Get in the Ring. But I was reading all those magazines and there was a, I think it was an interview or some sort of behind the scenes talk on A Strange being made before we even heard what it was. So I remember hearing about him making the song and he said that if he didn't get the song right, he was going to quit music forever. That's how much that song meant to him. Uh, it, and we know that Axel's perfectionist, but it was estranged itself that that was his magna, magna opus that he wanted to get right. It was the song that he it meant the most to him to get right, and boy, did he get that one right.
1: I mean, two songs lyrically uh, are still talked about for obviously different reasons. And for those who may not be aware, because one in a million is difficult to talk about uh, right. lyrically, but musically, your opinion, I share it, uh, where it's just, just a beautiful, beautiful song, uh, the way it, it sounds. I've always been of the thought process that Axel's kind of doing what Quentin Tarantino does, and you're using very harsh language to create a narrative for a reason. Narrative isn't that he's a racist. No. Is that you know, sometimes you deal with racist thoughts, or right. you're you're shedding a past self and becoming this new person, and all of that is human and okay. And if you're not aware, because it's easy for us white guys to say it. Sure, I did have this conversation with uh, Ernie C. from Body Count, and both Tracy and Roberta, uh, who are all African American, and they all kind of say the same
3: axel could not have been nicer and sweeter to no, all of them man. he's not a, not the, that dude when you say the term racist when we say that like i don't like a certain race that's not axel and we know that he, it wasn't his bodyguard a uh, uh, yeah. The guy that he was on the shoulders and doing the You Can Be video. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, so, I mean, obviously, if he didn't like black people, I don't think he would employ them or have them anywhere near him. No,
1: he, <laughs> he didn't like Bon Jovi. You go back to that. He told Bon
3: Jovi to suck. His he didn't day. like Kurt Cobain. I think everybody he uh, hated were yeah. all white people. Oh,
1: everybody no, never... he loved Kurt. I think Kurt And let's talk him. about
3: uh, Mr. Saul Hudson. Slash himself is, is half black. So, my goodness, I don't think we could...
1: Right, there's a lot like, of, it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it, there's a lot to I But mean, that's
3: why Slash didn't play on the song, and I get that, That was, and I respect that, and that's fair. Um, but that's what makes it such an interesting song. And I think it's the most angry... It, that's the thing, it's the most angry Axel has put vocal work down on a studio track, too. It's just something about that song that's unique fascinating part of history and difficult like you said difficult to talk about but that's kind of what makes it what it is it's just something about that yeah. there's a lot of angry acts to pick from but I can see that you know uh, the but, most raw it's the most raw I yeah. think it's the most like that wasn't performative art that was him
1: yeah yeah and I think that's what comes across to those of us who aren't you uh, I, I don't want to demean it by saying buzzwords, but just if you see an inappropriate word, right. understanding the context of it and who it's coming from, and uh, I think that's what makes this band who they are. They're not just putting out, you know, just obla di obla da just all the time. It's, it's, there's songs with layers, uh, and, 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 and now we're, still, we're getting songs with different kind of layers, the Chinese democracy layers on top of the lyrical layers. Uh, so that does it, buddy. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Tell us yeah. about your your podcast so uh, people can find you and learn more about Rambo sure. and, and, and Sly Stallone. Sure.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me on. Of course, before we leave, and I just I'm, I, I could talk a lot. I mean, I feel like I'm just dumping on a fellow GNR nerd. I apologize. We can, I don't want to rehash things that you've talked about a hundred times on your show. That's but, okay. Um, so the shows I do. So if you're a Sylvester Stallone fan, okay, I do two standalone podcast dedicated to his two biggest franchise one is called one more round the rocky series podcast it just easiest thing i always tell people just google it and it comes up where you can listen and then it's a long road the rambo series podcast so for ease of learning or ease of googling just do rambo series podcast or rocky series podcast might My- Shows will come up on Google. Um, basically, uh, me, and my co-host, we just break down the films. Each season is, is the you know whatever you know. Season three, of course, is Rocky three. Season four is Rocky four. And Same with the Rambo films. And then we just break down the film, scene by scene, talk about, it, have a good time. People seem to enjoy it. Lastly, though, if because that's very niche, we're talking about that right now. If you want something more broad, I do another podcast called the Worst of the Best podcast. I've been doing that with my brother for a few years now. And basically, with this one is we take a best of list. It's a variety of topics from it could be songs, artists, albums, uh, actors, actresses, directors, uh, conspiracy theories, whatever it might be. Kind of a top ten is usually the number. And we break down whatever it is in that list. And then at the end of the episode, independent of each other, my brother and I will then say what we think is the worst from that best. So no matter what a list is, there's always something that's the worst of something that's the best, if that makes sense. So we've done Appetite for Destruction. So I believe I'm 90 percent sure we've done well, We've done a lot of episodes, but we we did a Guns N' Roses episode, but then we did an actual GNR type destruction episode. So basically, how that would work is we that's their best selling album, that's their best debut album, all that good stuff. So it's the best up, right? And then we. Talk about each track, or feelings on each track, and at the very end, we picked what we thought was the worst song on Appetite. So that's how we did. it I don't want to reveal the answers. If you want to listen to that episode? Check
1: okay. It out. All right. Yeah. yeah. I won't ask then. I gotcha. But yeah, I, I, I know.
3: I know that a, that's 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 the secret. I, it's a, it's a very easy pick. I, um. But. Do you have a worst song? There you go. Why don't we just... Quick episode right now with you. What is your worst song on Appetite?
1: None. It is a perfect can, uh, no, 10 out of 10. No, that's not
3: the rule. Yeah, I don't want to say
1: the anything goes okay. Here, like what here's people the say. Thing.
3: Here's the thing. This is... Uh, <laughs> you, Brando, I'm going to invite <laughs> you on an episode. I don't know if I can do it now. No. Uh, <laughs> how, how it works is it doesn't mean it's bad. Oh, I know. Everything can. everything cannot be created equal. You cannot say that every g song is equally the same. It's impossible. We just talked about Live and Let Die or something else, whatever it might be. So I know, but I like, I like all these songs, uh, man. You can't like them all the same. It's impossible. I can go, only thing I'll say
1: that could hopefully just be good enough for an answer is I remember listening to it for the first time and the way anything goes started with the I don't even know what the uh, instrument. Yeah.
3: The, yeah, it was it, just uh, like slide back and forth. Yeah, yeah, it was. Did he use that instrument at the concert? It actually, was
1: weird exactly. to me. It was just weird to me. So it took right. me. That might have been the song that took me the longest to get into.
3: Well, that means it's the worst if it took you the longest. You? Sure, if that's what you want to say. Look at this guy. I'm like, <laughs> I'm making you like choose like a, like a Sophie's Choice here for <laughs> <Poor>, for <laughs> Brando. I can't say worse with GNR. How dare you No, I mean that, I, that's what the but that's the. Podcast does it lists those kind of discussions. What we're just talking about, so check it out. The worst of the best podcast. we t- a variety of topics, and every titled episode tells you the topic. So there you go.
1: Right on. And um, what about your? You have a Twitter or an X that people can follow, right?
3: Yeah, just uh, Google again. Google my name, Ryan Rebalkin, and all my stuff comes up. It's ridiculous, stupid. All right, Ryan Rebalkin, it I, all comes up.
1: And I'm looking forward to your fourth podcast. Uh, Stop, or my mom will shoot. The oh my gosh. the greatest Sly that. Sloan movie ever made. Yes, the best
3: one. Yeah, that's a discussion for the worst. For,
1: uh, <laughs> <there you go. laughs> oh, that 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 is cool. I mean, the, the just like Axel, uh, Sly is still doing it, man. He's still yeah. acting, putting on new shows. Uh yep. So there's plenty of years to talk about. So uh, good for you, man. And I know we've been following each other since, for quite some time. Uh, your yeah, name? When you first
3: started your podcast and I started my my Rocky podcast, I think we were early podcasters, so to speak, six, seven years ago or whatever it was. Yeah. And we just, like, were, we followed each other for... Uh, uh, I think it was one of those fallback situations but uh, I've enjoyed your show I enjoy your tweets and your guests have been incredible um, yeah kudos to you it's been fun to watch you grow and get some pretty big names on your show
1: my I, I appreciate it I mean this has been a fun ride it continues to be a fun ride and the reason why I'm talking to to both Ryan and um, Paul earlier that I mean the fact that I'm getting to meet people through doing this podcast not just getting to interview rock stars and movie stars but the the just to have these great conversations to, I mean, both of you, it felt like I was unburdening you. I was getting a a monkey off your back about wanting to talk about this band and this show. So, uh, thank you both for coming on and again, uh, just, total appreciation and shout out to all uh, whoever it was on Facebook was on Twitter if it was through email if you're reaching out wanting to do a podcast review of the concert you're going to please by all means uh, continue to do so I may be on a daddy schedule making it a little bit difficult to to do as many episodes as I would like to do but I'll make it happen that's the the beauty of working from home right and then having a studio uh, a home studio so anyway That does it for this episode of Appetite for Distortion. When will you see the next one? In the words of Axel Rose concerning Chinese democracy, I don't know if soon is the word, but you'll see it. Thanks to the
0: lame ass security, I'm going home.